Chapter Sixteen of Paul the Dauntless. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Leeson. Paul the Dauntless, by Basil Joseph Matthews, Chapter Sixteen: The Decisive Battle. Titus the Greek and Paul the Tarsian were at supper in Antioch with a sturdy, bronzed, and bearded man who spoke with a Galilean burr. Their guest was Peter, who had come up from Jerusalem to visit the brethren at Antioch. He found among the Christian folk at Antioch many Greeks. The church in Jerusalem, where Peter lived, was made up entirely of Jews. But Peter, we remember, had had his great vision on the rooftop at Joppa, when God had showed him that he was not to call men of any nation unclean. He therefore went in and took food at the same table with these Christian Greeks at Antioch. So Peter and Titus, Paul and Lucius, Manaean and the others, broke their bread and ate their cheese and olives together at Antioch, as they talked over the great plans that they had. Unknown to themselves, however, a cloud was coming upon them from beyond the south of Mount Sulpius. Men were walking over the hills from Jerusalem to Antioch. They were Christians whom Peter knew, but they thought that Jesus had come simply to the Jews alone as their own Messiah. The disciples of Jesus, they felt, formed just another party among the Jews. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and now the Nazarenes. "'We shall be swamped by foreigners!' was the cry they raised when they heard Paul's story of how a Roman ruler in Cyprus and the Greeks in Galatia had entered into the way of Christ without obeying the law of Moses. "'Keep out the alien, the Gentile,' said these Christians who had come of Paul's old sect, the Pharisees. "'Jesus was a Jew and was circumcised,' they argued. He preached to Jews, his disciples were all under the law of Moses. Jesus came from God to the chosen people, the Jews, and to them alone. Then they flung down their challenge to Paul and to the Greeks in the church at Antioch. Unless you are circumcised and so become Jews, they said, after the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. It came like the blow of an axe, cleaving the church in two. Peter, who, now as in the old days, was easily carried away, began to hold aloof from the Greek Christians. Even Barnabas showed signs of giving way and of joining the narrow party. The Jews in the church were against Paul, while the Greeks on the other side were in alarm because their whole position as Christians was denied. Paul's blood was up. He turned on Peter before all the others and denounced him. You stand self-condemned, he said. You, Peter, have been living like a foreigner, though you are a Jew. How then dare you insist that the foreigners should become Jews when they worship in the name of Christ? If a man must have a mark cut on his body before he can be saved, why, what was the use of Jesus Christ living and dying to bring us near to God? I tell you, circumcision and uncircumcision are just nothing. What matters is the new man whom Christ makes." With the brethren divided into two parties of Jews and Greeks, it was quite clear that this question must be settled once for all, and it must be settled at Jerusalem, or it would all break out again, for Jerusalem was the center of the Jew party. Paul and Barnabas, with some of the others, were sent off by the Christians of Antioch to Jerusalem. As this little group of men with their cloaks and water-bottles and walking-staffs set out along the road, 
few people except the greek christians who went out to cheer them would know or care on what enterprise they were going but to those with eyes to see this was indeed one of the great moments in history paul was starting out as surely as any knight has ever done to fight one of the great decisive battles of the world almost alone for he was the only man among them all who had really cut a clear, straight way through the tangled forest of thought on this question. His banner had one phrase upon it, freedom in Christ. He alone never wavered by a hair's breadth from declaring that Jesus Christ came into the world not to save Jews alone, but all men, whatever their color or race or country or nation, rich and poor, men and women and that in him men were free from the ancient bondage of the law of moses if paul had surrendered with peter or wavered with barnabas unless some other courageous large-minded man like him had been raised up christianity would have ceased to be missionary which means that it must have ceased to be britain and indeed europe itself would never have heard of jesus christ his followers would have dwindled to a miserable little jewish sect the church at antioch now that they saw through the eyes of paul all that this meant were intensely eager to see the question fought out so they went out down the road quite a long way cheering paul and barnabas and the rest on their journey at last they said farewell and the deputation traveled down by the coast to the ancient cities of phoenicia tyre and sidon it was probably winter time up in the high mountain passes inland the roads were blocked with deep snowdrifts where the blizzard would blind the struggling traveller but on the lower road between the mountains and the sea though it was wild and stormy the snow soon melted so they wrapped their cloaks about them and breasted storm and wind and walked gladly and quickly when the sun shone in the sharp clear frosty morning Sometimes the road ran down by a river bed, and sometimes it was cut out of the face of the rock looking over the sea. There, on the Phoenician coast, they saw, cut in the rock, strange figures and curious letters which no man among them could read, letters carved by an ancient race that had conquered the north country ages before Paul came. This ancient people we call the Hittites. At last they came over a high cliff in sight of the crowded harbor city of Sidon. Here the people heard with great joy how Jesus Christ had been placarded before the eyes of the foreign peoples in the far-off cities over the sea, and how those people, without passing under the Jewish law at all, had heard and accepted the good news of the coming of Jesus. They then went on farther south, along the coast to the city of Tyre. Paul saw the fishers coming up from the beach with the shellfish from which they made the purple dye which no one before or since has ever equaled for beauty. He passed by the evil-smelling vats where the wool was dipped in this imperial purple for Roman senators and knights to wear. Then they pushed inland and had little to say to the people in Judea, where the news that the other nations were learning through Christ their nearness to God was not welcome to Jews. When the travellers came at length up the hill, under the city gate and into Jerusalem, it must have seemed strange to Paul that he was going to fight, because they were too narrow as Christians, the very people whom he had, years ago, as a Pharisee, harried because they worshipped Christ at all. The whole church in Jerusalem, with the apostles and the elders, met together to discuss with Paul and Barnabas. 
they sat round with james our lord's brother presiding over them paul stood up he just painted for them the picture of how sergius paulus in cyprus the greeks and romans in the great cities of the plateau had through their preaching about christ actually and truly received the holy spirit there it was a living flaming fact that god had through christ given his spirit to uncircumcised foreigners they might argue that the whole law of moses was against it but there stood the fact which they could not gainsay god was free to do what he would in his own world and this was what he had done up sprang some of the members of the pharisee party in the church they may well have been some of paul's own old fellow students we insist they said that the foreign nations must be circumcised and must obey the law of moses before they can join the christian church to which paul would reply if a man can be made good by just obeying the law of moses then jesus christ lived and died for nothing the leaders in the church at jerusalem met again without the ordinary members being present and began to wrangle violently about the matter their eyes burned as the discussion grew hot there was danger of a quarrel that would split the whole church by this time peter was his old self again completely convinced that paul was right and that jesus christ came to bring all men together into the love of god so he stood up and said brothers you know very well that from the earliest days god chose that i should be the one through whom nations should hear the word of the good news and should believe it god who reads the hearts of every one proved it by giving these foreign people the holy spirit exactly as he gave him to us in making their hearts clean by faith he did not make the slightest distinction between us and them why now should you try to put a yoke on the neck of these disciples which neither our fathers nor ourselves could bear no depend on it it is by the grace of the lord jesus that we believe and are saved in the same way as they are all the wrangling stopped and everyone listened with breathless attention as paul and barnabas stood up and told again the wonderful things that god had done among the nations when they had finished james stood to put what he felt to be the general agreement of the meeting brothers he said listen to me simeon has explained to us how it was god's original intention to gather a people from among the foreign nations to bear his name and this agrees with the prophet who said of david's fallen tent i will build it afresh that the rest of men may seek for the lord even all the nations that are called by my name for that reason my opinion is that we ought not to put fresh difficulties in the way of the nations but we should write to them telling them to obey the law in four points to abstain from any food that has been killed for idol worship to live pure lives not to eat animals that have been strangled i e in whose veins the blood still remains and not to taste blood this was agreed to and some of the jerusalem men were selected to go up to antioch with paul and barnabas so they chose judas barsabbas and silas who were well-known members of the christian brotherhood in jerusalem a letter was written on a fine parchment and rolled up and thrust into the tunic of one of the travellers probably judas barsabbas thus prepared they set out to tramp back northward over the long road by hill and lake and river and plain to antioch there was great eagerness at antioch to know what was the result and all the christian folk gathered together to hear it 
the letter was brought out and unrolled and handed over to one of the antiochenes who read it out to them the letter said from the apostles and elders of the brotherhood to the brothers who belong to the nations throughout antioch and syria and cilicia greeting we hear that some of our number quite without our authority have upset you with their teaching so we have made up our minds to choose some of our men and to send them along with our loved comrades paul and barnabas who have risked their lives for the sake of the lord jesus christ we therefore send judas and silas with the following message which they will also give to you by word of mouth the holy spirit and we have decided not to place any extra burden on you apart from these four things then followed the four things named in james's speech the letter ended thus keep clear of all this and you will prosper Goodbye. after all it was not a very clear letter because it tried to reconcile two points of view that never could agree it tried to make some minor parts of the law binding while allowing general freedom but the great point was gained the greeks were to be free from the necessity to come under the law of circumcision the greek christians at antioch made great rejoicing their love for and admiration of paul their great leader grew deeper and stronger the first battle in his long campaign for freedom was won against great odds at the very center of the enemy's strength in Jerusalem. End of chapter 16